My name is Jonathan Penchoff, and you are listening to Repeating History. History, 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 history. Welcome, 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 welcome back. My name is Jonathan Penchoff, and you are listening to Repeating History. Thank you for listening, by the way. That's pretty neat. Today's episode is pretty reminiscent of a soap opera, and I guess you could argue that most of the episodes are kind of similar to some sort of historical soap opera, but this one in particular is pretty hectic. It reminds me of when I was a young child and I'd stay home from school and my mother would put on Days of Our Lives or uh, I guess I don't really know any other soap operas, but either way, she'd put it on and I'd just be waiting for cartoons and I'd sit there and I couldn't turn my head because it was like watching this terrible car wreck of just discontinuity and just the most far out storylines. You might say, Jonathan, these stories that we've heard so far are already pretty far out there. But today's episode in particular has a little part that is just a little too similar to soap operas to ignore. Maybe someone dies, and maybe they come back. You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. And conveniently for you, the episode starts right... Now, the year is roughly 530 BCE. Chaboy, Cambyses II, is taking over the throne to become the second ruler of the Achaemenid Persian Empire. Now, perhaps you recall from the last episode, there was another guy named Cambyses. He was the father of Cyrus the Great. Cyrus the Great started the Achaemenid Persian Empire And now his son, Cambyses II, is taking over. Got it? Cool, we're on the same page. Let's move forward. Okay, so apparently when Cambyses was born, he had what they called sacred sickness. From what I can gather about sacred sickness, it's kind of like maybe having seizures, but also being a little crazy. And that's definitely going to lead to some problems later for him. Not so much the seizing, but definitely the crazy. Everyone kind of thought that he was always a little off, but there were two specific incidents that happened that really set the Egyptians to say, this is where that dude lost his mind, like, properly. The first of these incidents was when the Ethiopians brought back a bow and no one could pull it back. Then Cambyses' younger brother, named Smyrdas, could pull it back. Cambyses gets, like, mad jealous and is like, Dude, you can't fucking be in Egypt with me anymore. I want you to go back to Persia. Now, I want everyone to be on the same page here, so I want to tell you that Smyrdas is actually just the Greek translation of the name. The Persian version... (laughs) That's fun to say. Give it a whirl. The Persian version is actually Bardia. 
Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because later it's going to be important to remember that Smyrtus and Bardia are the same dude. So after Smyrtus has been sent home, Cambyses has a dream. In this dream, he has a vision that Smyrtus sits on the royal throne and his head is touching the heavens. Now, I don't think anyone would really need any sort of oracle to interpret this one. It's pretty cut and dry. And guess what? Cambyses is not about it. So Cambyses has this best bud slash servant named Pregzaspes. And he calls Pregzaspes to him and says, Guess what, bud? That boy has got to go. Talking about Smyrtus. So Pregzaspes goes and gets Smyrtus and takes him on a little hunting trip, maybe. You know, makes him feel like, hey, we're just buds here. And then... Uh-oh, I accidentally killed you. So, boom. R.I.P. Smyrtus. He's dead. Killed in Susa by Pregzaspes. Now, there are multiple versions of this story. One of them is that Pregzaspes just drowned Smyrtus. But I prefer the hunting one because it adds a little bit of camaraderie. And that's always pretty fun. So the second thing that Cambyses does that gets the Egyptians thinking... Wow, this guy is cuckoo bananas, is he starts to fall in love with his sister. Now, I know historically speaking, incest isn't really out of the realm of normal, but for the Persians, it's not a traditional thing. So he hits up his royal judges and says, hey guys, uh, I don't want to be weird here, but are there any laws that say that I can't marry my sister? Now, these royal judges obviously don't want to displease their king, so they're kind of looking at all their books, and they go, Well, we didn't find anything that says you can't, but you might be interested to hear that we did find a law that says, since you're the king, you can kind of do whatever you want to. This message pleases Cambyses. So the royal judges kind of get to wipe some sweat off their brow and be like, we dodged a bullet on that one, boys. So he ends up marrying his sister, and I guess he got like a taste for it or something because apparently he ends up marrying his other sister too. Heckin' weirdo. But he ends up bringing his younger sister to Egypt with him. There are a couple stories about this too, but once again, I'm just going to relay to you my favorite of them. The two of them are sitting and having a dinner, and she is holding a head of lettuce, and she's just kind of playing with it, and she says, Hey, husband slash brother, I have a question for you. And she starts to peel the leaves off, and she says, Which way do you prefer it? Like, which way does it look better? And he's like, Well, duh, with the leaves on. Like, when it's off, it just kind of looks like a weird stump. And I like to imagine that at this point she just like slams it on the table and is like, well, then why are you tearing apart the family? This head of lettuce represents the house of Cyrus and it used to be filled with all these leaves of offspring and you're taking them off. You killed Smyrtus, you son of a bitch. And, you know, this is actually no, this is probably not a dramatization. I imagine it was probably significantly more dramatic than this in real life. Cambyses doesn't really seem to think that this is exactly dinner conversation, so he totally loses his cool and attacks her. Now, 
It so happens that she was pregnant at the time and then had a miscarriage, and during that, she died. So now he's wiped out two of his siblings. If you are worried that Cambyses was only shitty to his family members, this next part will quell that fear because it turns out he's a really bad friend too. We all remember Pregzaspes, right? The guy that Cambyses sent to go kill Smyrtus? Well, his son is Cambyses' cupbearer, which is like a pretty big deal in Persia. One day, Cambyses and Pregzaspes are hanging out, and he, in a really vain move, is like, Hey, what do the Persians think about me? And, you know, Pregzaspes is like, Oh, they think you're, like, super cool, man. Like, they don't even think you're crazy. Like, you're awesome. You're really great. Except, I have heard a few of them say that maybe you drink too much. If you've ever seen that TV show, Intervention, you know what's about to happen is not going to be good. But let's times it by like, I don't know, a hundred? Cambyses is not pumped. First, he starts thinking back on some old conversations he's had. He was hanging with this dude Croesus once and asked him a similar question. Something like, hey, you know, what do the people think of me in comparison to my father, Cyrus? There's a bunch of brown nosers in the room and they're like, Oh, you're even better than Cyrus. You have more than he could have ever dreamed of. You have everything he had, plus you conquered Egypt. Oh, you're so great, blah, blah, blah. But then Croesus, who was Cyrus's right-hand man, is like, Yeah, dude, you're pretty cool, but you know where you fall short? You haven't had a son like yourself to take over the throne when you're done. And Cambyses is a bit of a mm, narcissist, so he's like, yeah, you're right, I am awesome. That is the one thing. I am pleased by this. Thank you. He brings this up back to his buddy Pregzaspes after this whole you drink too much incident, and he's like, well, then I guess what everyone used to say about me is wrong, huh? So Cambyses is having this fit, and I imagine Pregzaspes is just sitting there like, Oh, shit, what did I just do? What kind of can of worms did I just open? And then Cambyses is like, Okay, okay, if I'm crazy, you judge me by this, okay? You see your boy over there? His son, the cupbearer. I'm gonna take this bow, and I'm gonna shoot at him. If I hit him directly in the heart, clearly I'm not crazy. But if I miss, I will concede, and maybe the people are right. I don't feel like I really need to point this out, but I will. This is the absolute craziest way to prove to someone that you're sane. But what is Pregzaspes to do? It's his king. Cambyses takes the bow, takes aim, lets that arrow fly, and boom! He hits the boy right in the chest. The kid falls down dead in front of his father. And then he orders his guards to go cut the body open, once again, in front of his father, and see where the arrow struck. Guess what? It struck him in the heart. So he says, you see? I'm perfectly sane. The people of Persia are crazy. Have you ever seen a mortal shoot that well? And Pregzaspes is just like, uh, yeah, man, God himself couldn't shoot better. 
imagine being in that position. What do you do? You can't say anything because the dude's clearly batshit crazy and he just killed your son already. Fuck, that sucks. So here's one more story just to really drive home how fucking crazy this dude is. Apparently, there were 12 nobles, and they kind of made him upset somehow. I don't think it was that severe of a deal. But anyway, he decides, I'm gonna just bury these dudes up to their necks and just leave them here. Croesus, who was Cyrus's best bud, is like, Listen, dude, you're acting like a child. Like, you can't just act like this. You can't do these things and not think of the repercussions. You're certainly not allowed to just kill your friends and their kids and not expect something to happen. And you can just probably see the anger rising in Cambyses and he just explodes like, How dare you give me this advice after you gave my father bad advice and told him to go fight the Massagetai and then they killed him. And he's pretty much blaming Cyrus's death on Croesus, which is just mental. So Cambyses in all of his anger goes reaching for his bow and starts to try to shoot Croesus, but Croesus knows what's going on because he's not a fucking idiot, and I imagine shimmies and shakes a little serpentine pattern and books it. Cambyses summons his guards and he's like, Go get that dude! I don't like him anymore, okay? We need him dead! When you catch him, you kill him! But the guards, who are not unfamiliar with how Cambyses acts, are like, okay, maybe we should go catch Croesus, but we probably shouldn't kill him because I think that Cambyses would regret that later. So they do catch him, and they just kind of put him in like a holding cell or something like that, but they don't tell Cambyses right now because he's still angry and who knows what he'll do. Well, those guards were right. Later, Cambyses is chilling, and I imagine he's in his room, and he's just moping around like, man, I probably shouldn't have killed Croesus. That's a bummer. The guards hear this, and they're like, well, guess what? You are not going to believe this. We caught him, and we just didn't kill him because we thought you might be bummed about that. Cambyses, pretty much exactly on brand with what you think his character might be, is like, Oh, shoot, dang, I am pleased to hear it. But you guys didn't listen to me, so guess what? You're fucking done, and he kills the guards. I'm sure there's like a hundred other stories of the madness of Cambyses that just never made their way to us, but, you know, there are some talks about him breaking into tombs and temples and, like, making fun of the gods and burning the things down. This is all during his conquest of Egypt. Coincidentally, while he's on that conquest, he gets a little note from some little bird that's like, Hey man, guess who's sitting on the throne? Dun dun dun! Bardia, your brother! But in his mind, he's like, wait, what the fuck? I killed my brother. How could he possibly be on the throne? It's just like my dream! Cambyses is freaking out and he's like, okay team, we're going back and we're going to storm the city and we're going to take back Persia. And he excitedly jumps on his horse and somehow he accidentally stabs himself in the leg. And this is his death. 14 days later or so, he just dies from gangrene from stabbing himself. According to a guy named Darius, who was his lance bearer. 
Now, this is where the story gets a bit confusing, and you have to do a little bit of detective work and kind of use your own gut to figure out what you think is actually happening. Apparently, after Cambyses is dead, Darius kind of takes over his army and starts to bring him back to Persia to attack this Bardia character. Once he gets there, him and six other dudes get in this kind of epic fight over the throne, and they end up killing Bardia. But apparently, according to Darius, it wasn't Bardia. It was a magi named Guamada, and he came back knowing that Cambyses killed Smyrtus in secret, so he came and was like, oh, hey, y'all thought I was just gone. No, I'm back. I'm going to take over now. But the people didn't know that Smyrtus had been murdered. And I really don't want to miss this opportunity to say that he was smurdered. <laughs> okay, thank you guys. Thank you. No, for real, that's, it's too much. You guys are too good to me. Just kidding, it's the perfect amount. After killing this poser Bardia, Darius and his six homies are like, okay, How are we going to run this empire? And they have a whole debate where they go, well, maybe we should have a democracy and blah, 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 all these other ways. But in the end, they decide a king is best, monarchy is best. But whoever among those seven is chosen, the other six don't really have to follow all the rules. Like, they don't have to pay taxes and stuff. Okay, cool. Everyone agrees? Cool. So they come up with this ingenious idea of how to find out who should be made the king. They are going to go ride all their horses together at daybreak, and the first horse to neigh after the sun had risen, that person will become king. Now, Darius is a crafty little dude, so he goes and rubs his hands all over a pretty little lady horse, and then when he gets on his horse and they're riding, he keeps his hands in his pockets, right? Once the sun comes up, he takes his hands out and starts to, like, I don't know, pick the nose of his horse, rub his hands around there. And his horse obviously reacts to this by neighing. And guess what? Darius is king! He's crowned as the technically fourth ruler of the Achaemenid Persian Empire. And technically, if you believe that Smyrtus is actually Bardia and Bardia is actually Smyrtus, he's the first one who's not of the descent of Cyrus the Great. He obviously assumes that this could potentially be a point of contention amongst other rivals, and immediately after he becomes king, he runs up to this mountain and literally carves in stone the whole story of Cambyses killing Smyrtus, and then his sister, and then this fake magi coming and pretending to be Bardia, and then he gallantly comes and saves the day, and that's why he's allowed to be king. And generally... This is how history works. The winners get to write about it, and they get to choose how history remembers them. So that's the soap opera that is Cambyses and Bardia and Smyrtis and Cyrus and Croesus and Darius. Wow, that was a wild ride. I got kind of into that one. I yelled a whole lot. I hope you guys enjoyed it too, though, uh, and I hope that my yelling wasn't too off-putting. So that's the show for today. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. 
Remember that if you're on Instagram, you can find the show at at Repeating History Podcast. And if you have any comments or anything like that, you can message me on there or you can email at repeatinghistorypodcast at gmail.com. Super big thank you to anyone who's given the show a review or told their friends or given it even just a rating. It's all very helpful and I appreciate it very much. So we're going to take next week off and we'll be back in two weeks. Then I'm going to tell you guys about Sparta and the Lacedaemonians. Most of you guys probably know that name. Uh, You know, I don't know how much of it you know about them, but I'm going to try to fill you guys in in some fun stories. And that's going to lead us to the Greco-Persian Wars, which are tight as heck. So I hope to see you guys in two weeks. I hope you all have like a super chill ass day or evening whenever you're listening to this. And uh, that's all. Go away. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Repeating History. This episode was written and produced by me, Jonathan Penshaw. Theme music composed by Dave Regan. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys in a couple weeks.